Welcome to the Talking Recruitment Podcast from the REC. Every week we look at all the latest insights, perspectives and experiences from across our diverse recruitment industry. Hello everyone and welcome along to Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. I'm Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. It's good to have you along again for another round of discussion with our guests about what's going on in the market and uh, making our way in recruitment in these challenging times. Lots going on at the REC at the moment. I think just one or two things to make you aware of. This week, we've launched bookings for our Recruitment and Employment Conference 2021. That's going to take place on the 29th of June this year. And the uh, conference is going to be wholly online, just like the excellent event we ran last year. You can sign up for that now on the REC website, rec.uk.com forward slash REC 2021. Good news about that is REC members are entitled to a free ticket to the day. So do look up now to come along to uh, hear from a wide range of speakers, uh, provocative speakers from outside the industry, industry leaders, but also great focused learning sessions and some fantastic uh, networking opportunities. Away from that, this week we launched the latest edition of the Jobs Recovery Tracker. That's our measure of jobs postings across the market. That's on Friday the 26th of March. Do look out for that and associated press coverage. That's been really popular with members talking to their clients about trends both regionally and in different sectors. The JRT gives us a useful up-to-the-minute insight on Uh, recruitment trends at the beginning of the cycle and really interesting to see some positivity in that number for new jobs postings over the last few weeks. So looking forward to seeing what we get when we publish the latest edition on Friday. Finally, just to make you aware that IR35 changes, of course, are coming up at the beginning of April. REC model contracts were uh, reformed ahead of that a few months back, but the government, as is their want, snuck in one or two final little changes in the finance uh, bill that was published just this month. So what you'll see uh, from the REC over the next few days is an updated version of the contracts just to make sure we're absolutely belt and braces in place for the uh, the change at the beginning of April. So do make sure that you update the contracts that, you, that you're using with the new versions that will be available at the end of this week from the 26th of March. So do check that you're using the latest versions to keep your business completely safe as we go into what is a massive change for the industry. Now let's move on to uh, another major issue that I know is uh, occupying the minds of many uh, recruitment leaders, and that's as we come out, hopefully, of the pandemic period, well-being and support for our teams as we build back. And I'm delighted to welcome Michelle Flynn to the pod. Uh, Michelle, uh, first of all, welcome to the REC podcast. How are you doing? I'm very well, Neil. Thank you very much for inviting me. Now, you've had a really interesting career. You've been a uh, top billing recruiter. You've been a business owner and now you're working as a business coach. Why don't you uh, take people through a little of uh, your career path just to kick the kick the discussion off? Absolutely. So I started my career in 1997 when I joined Computer Futures. So fresh out of university, um, like many people, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And I actually went to a graduate recruitment agency because I was looking for a job in maths because I've got a maths degree. And they said, have you ever thought about doing recruitment? And if I'm honest, I had never thought about it and didn't really know what that entailed. But I managed to get myself a job at Computer Futures and then spent the next eight and a half years there um, being one of the top perm billers and uh, loved every minute of it. 
but then decided uh, when I hit 30, I took a bit of time out, did a bit of traveling, and then came back to join one of my clients as their in-house recruitment manager. It was a company called Conchango, which was a Microsoft Gold Partner. So I worked there for a period of eight years. So there becomes a little bit of a, a habit around the eight-year mark. Um, but decided that after that point, I actually wanted the opportunity to work with multiple clients. So set up my own recruitment business, providing in-house services to tech startups. So companies such as Moonpig, Wiggle, Seven Digital, all working within the .NET space. But about six years ago now, I woke up one morning um, and had what at the time I thought was a heart attack. I was collapsed on the floor, absolutely out cold, and my husband was on the phone to the um, 999. Fortunately, it wasn't that. Um, it was my body telling me that I needed to stop, that um, I'd basically been pretty much working nonstop and I'd hit burnout. So um, what was interesting was after that point was I actually didn't really make any changes. So I, I carried on feeling unwell. I was exhausted. And yet I thought that was just life in my 40s until I was found collapsed again three years later and decided that enough was enough. So um, went on a bit of a journey to figure out what I needed to do to sort of be healthier um, and to not be sort of taking naps at three o'clock in the afternoon, which I used to do regularly and um, found out so actually making small but significant changes really can change your life. So by doing that, I got to the point where I decided that I wanted to find out more about it for really my personal journey to start with. But then it became so powerful that I decided that I wanted to help others. So um, now here I am operating as a, a health and well-being sort of mindset and performance coach. I've been doing it now for over two years and work predominantly with recruiters because it's the lifestyle that I've led. It's the lifestyle that I understand. Um, and it just means that the habits that I try and help them to put in place are going to work with the, with the industry that they work and um, what is required of the life of a recruiter. Well, Michelle, uh, as many people will know, I have all the sympathy in the world for people who fall into recruitment as someone who did it himself, leaving uh, uh, leaving school and university. And and you know what a great uh, place to find yourself when you're when you're trying to build your career and build your business understanding. But I, I think the thing that will really have sung out to lots of listeners from that story is that moment of self reflection about. Uh, what am I trying to achieve? How am I looking after myself? You know, I think particularly after this period that we've seen over the last year, business leaders, but also you know, recruiters across the board, REC professional members are increasingly thinking about, well, what does normal mean for us now as hopefully we start to get the pandemic into the rearview mirror? Um, what? A, how do I manage what is a a demanding workload from uh, keeping the business on track first through the crisis and now as we recover i think uh, many people experienced march to uh, september last year as living at work rather than working at home and of course we've got an opportunity now to do things a bit differently as we uh, uh, as we open up so that that sense of how do we um build back how do we look after ourselves and how do we address the challenge of mental health which i think has risen up everybody's agenda over the last uh, few years these are all really critical questions i think increasingly in boardrooms not just for for individuals what do you see as the 
the big challenges for recruitment businesses right now across this field? Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything that you've said. There's a, a lot of questions around um, what's the new normal going to look like? What do, what do we kind of, when we press play on our lives again, how do we make sure that maybe some of the good habits that we've built during um, lockdown are, are things that we're able to continue? And I think definitely for the recruitment businesses that I work with, the, the first challenge is obviously what it looks like in terms of office versus homeworking. And there are many different views on that and different individuals are going to have different wants and are going to perform better under different circumstances. So certainly I think there's a lot of uncertainty around um, how much time people should be coming back into the office. Should it be five days a week? Should it be flexible? Um, how do you get that balance? So I think there's that one, but also how do you support recruiters um, in what is a, is a difficult job? This isn't about suddenly trying to make recruitment easy. Recruitment can be the best job in the world. It certainly has been for me and has given me so many opportunities because ultimately of the, the money that I made through it. But it's not an easy job. It's why we love it because the highs are so good, but the lows are there too. So how do you support people with the acceptance that, it is a challenging job, but knowing that the more we support people, the more we help them with their mental health, we help them build their resilience, actually, the better they're going to perform, the more money they're going to make personally, which means the more money that the business makes. So I think it's finding that balance between um, providing the support, but also knowing that recruitment is is a difficult, high-pressure job. Michelle, as a, as a slightly... Uh, kind of cheeky aside, I, 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 where you were talking now, I was reminded of the conversation I've I had with my uh, partner recently, where um, I've let her loose on my hair with the with a pair of twenty quid clippers that we bought off Amazon, uh, because I have a, if I let if I let my hair grow, I get a bit of a kind of what I tend to refer to as the Scottish afro, <laughs> um, and um, I think that, uh, and she keeps looking at it now, and. And going, mm, you know, when you go back to the barbers, they're going to be like, "Who cut this?" And 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 my response to that has been, um, "Well, I think if you think about it, it would be a sad lookout for barbers' professionalism uh, if uh, randomly you could do with a twenty uh, with a twenty pound pair of Amazon clippers what they've built a career doing." And I wonder whether there's a there's a similarity here. I mean, a lot of REC members t are talking to me at the moment about one of their biggest competitors being clients thinking they do things themselves. And, and of course, recruitment is a tough job and it involves that herding cat skill of getting people to to the right. Uh, uh, to to the right decisions around uh, uh, around some pretty complex bits uh, bits of work. So it's always going to be that um, that way. That sense of there being pressure. That sense of they're having to manage the uh, the kind of variabilities of working with people, both on the client side and on the candidate side. So all of that, you know, one of the ways in which recruitment firms maybe have coped with that in the past is to have a pretty clear rule book this is how we do things here this is how we move thing things forward everyone comes in we work on the on the desk this is what's reportable these are the kpis um and this is how we reward people and and i think you hinted earlier on at the the idea that maybe getting over this 
means that we have to be open to different ways of doing things, perhaps by different consultants, but different teams who want to work in different ways and and slightly more accepting of people reaching the goal by paths which are more sustainable for them and their teams. Have I got that wrong? Is that is that a reasonable takeaway from what you were saying? Yeah, I think that's definitely reasonable. I think um, it is that never before did we think that working from home as recruiters could work. And for lots of people, it doesn't work. And um, they want to be back in the offices, A, for the social connection that you get, but also because their performance is better. Um, But for some people, they have proven that they can work from home. So, yeah, it's absolutely right that we're trying to sort of understand what it should look like moving forward. And it is going to be very different. I don't think there's going to be one answer that suits every business um, which is a challenge because before it kind of was one answer suited every business. We were just all in the office. So this is this is the problem statement, isn't it? To to borrow uh, uh, a phrase from our old friends at McKinsey, the problem statement is we're all pretty strained in our resilience because we've been doing this for a year. And I, I don't know many people that experience January as anything other than a bit of a gut punch in terms of the the uh, this latest lockdown. But we can see recovery happening. The numbers are actually next to the scale of the lockdown. The numbers we are seeing in the REC survey are really pretty positive for the re- for the rest of the year. So there is potentially demand for recruitment firms to meet. To meet, uh, we think that um, there's growth there. But having said that, just flicking the switch back to the old ways might not be as sustainable as we've seen before. So. This requires some thought from industry leaders, doesn't it? I mean, how how are you seeing companies overcome some of these challenges, or alternatively, not overcome them in terms in terms of getting people into productive spaces? I think lots of companies that I'm talking to haven't decided yet. They're, I think, probably waiting to see what other people are doing, which is why sort of REC is such a, a powerful um, kind of community because obviously you can support each other. And I think people are uncertain. They haven't got the right answer. Um, some companies have just said outright, well, everybody's coming back in. It's five days a week. It's as it was before. Um, whereas there are others that are just standing back a little bit and waiting to see, waiting to see in the short term, obviously, what happens in terms of um, the vaccine and sort of lockdown easing, but also what decisions to make around their staff to make sure that they don't then lose staff by the decisions that they make. I think that's a really important point. Actually, one of the things I talk a lot to um, client businesses for on behalf of REC members is, yeah, let's not pretend that we aren't going to be in quite a tight labour market quite quickly. In fact, we already are in lots of ways, in lots of areas, IT, uh, food manufacturing, several others. Um, we've lost some people out of the UK labour market over the uh, over the last uh, few months, although uh, due to the unique way in which ONS counts people, we're not quite sure how many. Um, but we also, we're also aware that the generation we're bringing into the labour market, those born in the 2000s, are smaller than the one that we're losing, those born in the 50s. So uh, in there, there's an implied tightening of the labour market, along with some really big skill changes. Um, that means that the idea of skilled employees 
or people in demand sectors being able to choose how how they work it is really up there i mean i've lost count in the last few weeks uh, michelle of the number of agency owners i've talked to who are trying to hire experienced consultants and they that market is really hot right now yeah. um, and 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 clearly um the market for more junior consultants will open up as offices open because people want to think about how you onboard and i think office opening is really important in terms of supporting our more junior colleagues but the idea that there's going to be a great looseness in the British labour market or even a looseness in the recruitment consultants job market is is for the birds a little bit in what we've in what we're already seeing in the path in the path of this recovery. So there's almost a, a piece here about, you know, how do we do retention well as recruitment businesses? And, and I think well-being is a big part of that. If you were to give the average REC member, agency owner, uh, uh, sort of two or three top tips on what they should be thinking about in going into this period of economic recovery, but also physical and personal and emotional recovery for practically the whole population of the country. What would the, what would the two or three top tips be? Yeah, I think it's great that business leaders are starting to think about these things because it used to be that money was the only thing that um, incentivized people in recruitment and that is still obviously a massive massive driver but now where recruiters do have so much choice I know certainly on my LinkedIn feed pretty much every agency is hiring at the moment Um, so it's going to be those other things that people are going to be looking for so whether that is flexibility in working location or working hours Um, whether that is well-being programs, so coaching, um, mental health first aiders, um, whatever it is that they need when sort of if they need to take a a mental health day, people are going to be asking more of those questions, particularly then as the junior market, as you said, opens up again. Um, It's a a very different way of thinking when you've been born sort of in the years that they have and the things that they will want available to them. The things that were exciting to me when I joined um, kind of having free tea and coffee is now just a sort of a, 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 you don't even ask that question. Um, It's not even necessarily about the the table, um, the ping pong tables or the football tables anymore. It's about sort of how you look after your staff. What is the culture like? Um, and that's where it's about getting that balance between having the the high high driven high performance environments where people are going to really thrive, but also providing that extra support to them. Whether that is things like um, sort of healthy food in the office or gym membership or taking time so everyone has a lunch at between one and two so that at that time people can go to the gym or go and get some fresh air. So thinking beyond just the commission. I think that's a really powerful point. And just last weekend, we've seen some uh, pretty horrific data come out of the survey of analysts at Goldman Sachs in the, in the United States that speaks to that agenda, where, which is, I, I, I suspect that we've, be, we've passed through the era where, you know, I, which I think, both, uh, Michelle, both you and I came into recruitment in, which is, you know, we've, we're starting out a career and we're going to throw the kitchen sink at it because uh, we know that we can make decent money, get on the housing ladder early if we do this well. And and almost that performance will buy us our ability to manage our lives. Whereas 
I think every generation in the workforce now is thinking much more about, much more in the moment, which perhaps is it is a sign of the fact that we're we're completing the move from jobs for life to I'm doing this for the moment and the transaction has to work for me in the moment. So there's a whole slew of things that are implied there about what it's like to work for a company and the the priorities that you might have in terms of supporting staff resilience, in terms of uh, inclusion and diversity, making sure people can bring their whole selves to work. Um, in terms of mental health support, when pe- without any of that being in any way, for want of a better term, soft, because recruitment will always be a sales business. In terms of what you do uh, in your in your uh, uh, coaching business, Michelle, just explain a little bit about how you support recruitment businesses. Absolutely. So there's a variety of different ways. There's a, the simple one-to-one coaching where a business leader will either want coaching for themselves, which I do a lot of, or they will contact me about a member of their team that they are concerned about, whether they're concerned about their, their mental fitness, whether they're concerned about um, their performance and they want some help for their mindset. Um, whatever that might be, they'll just say, can we have one session, two sessions, whatever the person needs, through to companies that are looking to provide support to the wider team. So I do a selection of talks around stress management, sleep, um, food and what we eat through to sort of mindset and how we actually find true happiness. So with those talks, you're able to sort of um, speak to the whole team in one go, which can be a really nice way of getting the team talking. And we sometimes get them doing some challenges around getting out and getting some steps in or eating a few more vegetables um, through to companies that want to do a bit of a, a, a bigger investment in terms of an employee assistance program, which the, the standard ones at the moment, I think a stat I saw this morning was 87% of people don't use the employee assistance program because they're concerned about confidentiality or they just don't know who they're going to be speaking to. Whereas I've developed a program where people really get to know me through the talks that I do, through spending time with the team and can then support the team on an ongoing basis, whether that's monthly um, talking to every member of the team, whether that is talking to individuals who um, are interested in having the conversations or that the company um, owners are more sort of wanting to provide extra support for them. So I basically adapt it to what companies need, what the teams need, and to help them with everything from I'll talk to people at times about sort of how to get past the in-house recruiters because I was one and uh, I still actually do do a little bit of recruitment on the side. So I make sure that I continue to understand the challenges that recruiters face. Um, So it could be actually talking about some recruitment stuff. And I'm certainly not a recruitment trainer, but I've got a lot of experience and I'm more than happy to share what works and what hasn't worked through to helping people get to sleep from understanding the science of the body and how sort of the things that we do during the day will impact our nighttime. So it's really practical. It's about giving people um, sort of tools that they can use to make changes and then often keeping them accountable to making sure that they are long term changes rather than those habits that we pick up and drop a week later because we've sort of got a bit bored or we just haven't got the focus on doing that. Fantastic. And I think we all know that um, there are bits of our lives that we want to tackle. I'm the chief executive of the REC 
do, you know, very comfortable talking to secretaries of state, hold two public appointments on the Law Pay Commission and ACAS, but I also have the diet of a nine-year-old. And uh, it's one of those things that I um, have uh, have been gently trying to tackle during um uh, during the uh, during the lockdown with mixed success, but it's one of the, the I think acknowledging that we all have things that we're working on is a is a really critical part of that. And I'm really delighted that we've launched a partnership with you at the REC, Michelle, which means that REC members can get access to discounts on the range of services uh, that that you offer, and uh, members can access that on the website at rec.uk.com. So thank you very much for that and. And and thank you for your time this afternoon. It's been a really interesting discussion about uh, where we are as a as a recruitment industry, and also um, what the big issues on uh, leaders' minds around people and stress and performance uh, are. No, oh, you are so welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. I look forward to supporting the REC members. And it's just about taking one step at a time. It's not about trying to change everything overnight because that's just not possible. So it can be really small steps that can make a massive difference. So I look forward to sharing through my personal experience what works for me and also sharing the science behind it all so that we know that this is a, it's not woo-woo, it's all science. I think that's a really powerful point, Michelle, because um, a number of the discussions we've had on the people side on the podcast um, around inclusion, around social mobility, now around stress and mental health, it's been around everyone knowing it's a major issue, but um, making sure that you know you don't have to fix it on day one or in month one, uh, that that what's important is having a direction of travel and putting one foot in front of the other. And I think that's a really powerful message for us all in the industry as we go into recovery. Yeah, absolutely agree. Let's, there's enough pressure on us all. So uh, let's take the added pressure off and just focus on maybe it's just getting some fresh air today. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Michelle. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us on today's episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Uh, I look forward to you uh, joining us again if you've enjoyed this one. If you'd like uh, some uh, some more REC pod content in short order, why not try our last episode, episode five for 2021 with Carmen Watson of Pertemps on Pertemps navigating uh, the crisis, but also looking at how we as an industry up our game on diversity and inclusion or uh, talked about IR35 earlier on uh, in today's podcast, Coming Soon, The Big Changes, Episode 2 and Episode 3 for uh, 2021 deal with uh, IR35 changes and are well worth a listen as you finalise your plans to uh, remain compliant as we move into the new tax regime. Thank you all for listening, and I'll look forward to joining you again for another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join me for another episode soon, and check out our back catalogue at rec.uk.com to catch up on some other fantastic discussions that are really helpful for recruiters. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, so subscribe to REC Podcasts to never miss an episode.